Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the latest edition of Laces Out, fresh off of a Thursday night game going into week three. Jarrett Bailey, Kurt Hamas are with you. Kurt, good to see you, buddy. What's up? Uh, not much, my friend. We're getting closer to, to Sunday, which is always a good sign. And you know, we always have fun on the, the pregame show here. So glad I could spend it with you. Glad we could spend it with uh, anybody that's listening here. So, you know, we got, we got a lot of great stuff lined up for uh, today's show, along with, you know, Sunday as well. We got a lot of stuff lined up. So, um, but later on in this show, we will be joined by Washington football team running back Peyton Barber. Uh, we've, been, we've been working and trying to get this going, and finally it works, so we got it going today. So he will be joining us uh, a little bit later on in the show. But, you know, he had, uh, he had a pretty electric week one. Took down uh, the, the Eagles there. He had two touchdowns, led, led Washington. And uh, so we're very excited to have him on later. That we are. Um, but before that, we do have – a game from last night to recap. We've got games to discuss. We'll get into our picks and everything. Recap how we did last week, how the standings look. So a lot of stuff to get to before that. So let's start out in Duval County in Jacksonville where the Jaguars lose by 18 to the Dolphins. Now this – well, going into this game, I, I was disappointed because I uh, bet Jacksonville minus two and a half, and then I mm-hmm. bet – them I bet the over which is 47 none of them happened so mm-hmm. I wasn't the happiest person last night but uh in hindsight and of course we know hindsight's 2020 the Dolphins they were competitive against New England they were competitive to a point against your Bills they haven't looked horrid this is something that maybe we should have seen coming mm-hmm. but uh uh I I went with my heart and bet with uh <laughs> Went with Gardner Minshew and it, Come on, it, it you, let me you, down. You can't, you can't bet against the beard. Can't bet yeah. against Fitzy. He's, I mean, you know, Fitzy didn't. There's a lot of people, you know, saying how what a great game he had and everything. And obviously, I love Fitzy. He's one of my favorite players of all time, really. But he didn't really, you know, play an outstanding game. I mean, what, what was the stat line? I think it was he had 18 to 20. I think he only 18 threw two to 20, completions, which is fantastic. But I mean, 160 yards, which is nothing to really, you know, yeah, write home about. He did have 38 yards rushing, and he had a couple really nice runs there. Um, yeah, but, you know, two two touchdowns throwing and one one rushing, so a good game. But I don't, I I was kind of surprised by seeing how many people were like calling for him saying wow what a fantastic game by Ryan Fitzpatrick which I mean they put 30 31 on on the Jaguars which is a pretty pretty good feat there but um no you can't you can't put against the beard can't go against Ryan Fitzpatrick I've learned that learned that throughout his uh, whole career uh in the NFL well I mean you look at what Jacksonville's done up to this point and what Gardner Minshew's done uh going 19 to 20 in week one and the win against the Colts Almost completing a comeback win last week against the Titans where he threw for north of 300 yards and three touchdowns. Um, so, I mean, I expected a little bit more against a, a, a Dolphins defense that isn't as good as Tennessee's is. I don't think it's as good as the Colts is. So, and I get that, first of all, Jacksonville's defense, man, they are, they are yeah. bad. Yes, they are very, very bad. <laughs> so, that – which, I mean, it's surprising. I mean, they got Miles Jack and Joe Schobert in the uh, – uh, the two middle linebacker spots, which is, you know, that's a great, you know, two, a, a great duo right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, in the secondary, I mean, CJ Henderson looked really good early on in the year. He didn't have the greatest game last night. Um, so, and then Cam Robinson, an offensive lineman gets ejected on a very, very questionable decision by the refs. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I learned two lessons last night, never bet on Thursday night games and certainly don't include them 
and any sort of betting advice that you give to people who read your betting articles. So <laughs> well, we're going to, the, the NFL is really helping us out, giving us some extremely entertaining barn burners. Uh, yesterday we had Miami versus Jacksonville. Next week we got the mm. Jets and the Broncos. Let's go. I can't wait for that one. So hey, let's see if, uh, yeah, let's see if Blake Bortles gets to start there because I don't know <laughs> if he's going to be starting on Sunday, which, yeah. um, I mean, like I said, he just, he just practiced for the first time with the team yesterday, I think. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine that he's going to be playing Sunday when Driscoll's there, who knows obviously more of the playbook and whatnot. But, yeah, I mean, next week we get a Denver team that has a lot of young, exciting weapons. But in terms of the quarterback situation, it's obviously a tire fire. And then um, elsewhere, it's, uh, you know, Sam Darnold and a big question mark, you know? A, so a big, big question mark. I. I mean, if if things kind of turned out how they were, uh, how they were supposed to, and you know the Jets were competitive, the Jets had all their their players healthy, and you know in a perfect world, I feel like that could be a decent match of the the Jets and the Broncos there because the Broncos are a very exciting team. You know, usually they would have Von Miller, they have Drew Locke, the young quarterback, and these new new weapon wide receivers that the Broncos have. So. Usually it would be a good game, but I am just not looking forward to that next Thursday night. Hopefully there's, you know, basketball on where I can switch back and forth. No, I mean, it's it's football, so, you know, I'm going to be watching it. <laughs> I didn't know if you were going to have it all this season, so I'll be watching it. I'm not, I'm not expecting anything exciting or, you know, groundbreaking, but we'll, we'll see what happens. But, you know, before that, we've got a whole other slate to get to because we've got a big schedule on Sunday where i mean you look at let's look at some of these key matchups here first of all one game that i paid attention to would be uh your beloved vikings apparently <laughs> and then the they host the tennessee titans who were 2 and 0 but they are a very weak 2 and 0 yes and the, there is the, a lot of teams that are very weak 2 and 0 i will say yeah. I mean, it's only we're going into week 3 here yes but there's a lot of teams that should not be 2 and 0 like the bears uh, maybe the Raiders you could put into that category. Titans I don't think should be 2-0. I mean, this – I don't listen back to any of our old episodes because I was so high on the Vikings coming into this year. I, I thought this defense was going to carry them. I thought Kirk Cousins would be good enough to, you know, get the ball to Adam Thielen eight times a game and have a couple touchdowns there, but it just has not clicked yet. So maybe this is the coming out game. Maybe this is the one, and then, you know, they, they finish – 14 and two that that's that that might be my bold prediction stay uh stay tuned for my for my three picks this weekend because that game is involved so okay uh we'll we'll see how how it plays out here in a little bit but um looking elsewhere on sunday schedule um the falcons host the bears who we just mentioned are a very you could probably say week two and oh are the bears Atlanta is can we say that they're like a strong 0 and 2 or yeah I like I like that um you know Atlanta they're saying that Julio Jones might be a, a game time decision here he's he's dealing with a, an injury just like pretty much every other player on this in this league but right. um no I I do I like the Atlanta in this game um hint hint I'm picking Atlanta as one of my teams for my three picks this week so um I just don't think the Bears are I, I think Atlanta's the better team. I think the Bears, you know, they have their problems. They got lucky in week one against uh, Detroit where they should have won. And, you know, they're they're a pretty ugly 2-0. They got a lot of question marks on that team. So, um, as much as, you know, Atlanta's not a big, flashy, exciting team, I, I do think that down to the core, I think the Falcons have the better team. Yeah, I think that this is going to be a pretty easy win for the Falcons. It's something that they really need right now. If they lose this game, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they let Dan Quinn go yeah, before yeah. before they leave the stadium. So, um, they come into they came into the week as three and a half point favorites. I bet that I think that should cover very easily. Um, now I think that offense is going to do very well. I think that I know that Atlanta's defense isn't very good, but the Bears' offense, man, is they looked like death for three quarters against the Lions and then out of nowhere came alive. And then they had a 17-point lead against the Giants and they didn't score the rest of the game. And then Danny Dimes almost completed a comeback in, at Soldier Field. So, yes, uh, very inconsistent team um, on offense, at least. Defensively, they're, they're obviously very stout. Um, 
but yeah, I, I'm going to pick Atlanta. Um, they desperately need a win there. So uh, that, that would be, uh, I would lean Atlanta on that. I just think the bears, man, their, their offense is just, it, it's not good. <laughs> yeah, no. I, and you know, you, you mentioned how that's such a pivotal game there for, for Atlanta. I think, you know, maybe the most important game of this whole week. Um, yeah. I mean, you can talk about the chiefs, the Ravens, how that's going to be just a fun matchup, but the most important game of the week might be Bengals Eagles because Eagles are 0-2 and you know you were extremely high on the Eagles this year too (laughs) Uh, they've been bitten by some kind of injury bug because they just can't seem to get it right but if they go 0-3 and lose to you know the golden boy Joey Burrow getting his first NFL uh, win that's gonna be there's gonna be bad riots in the streets in Philly we saw we saw the riots they had when you know they won the Super Bowl but they could be real ugly if the Eagles fall to 0-3 I mean because Joe Burrow is gonna he's he's looked good he's he's looked very good in his first two starts um Bengals didn't win them win them they're they're 0-2 but you know I like with the way that Joe Burrow is playing I think he has a lot of talent around him that he can get going and if he pulls it off which I think he very well could I would not be surprised um there's going to be people calling for Carson Wentz, which I hope doesn't happen because I really do like Carson Wentz, but he's just got no help. That offensive line is very weak. The defense has not shown up the way that they should have. There's a lot of hype for that defense. And I don't know. I, I think, I think Joe Burrow is going to be coming in riding, riding high that, you know, he's looking for that first win. He doesn't want to lose three in a row. He said he's never lost two in a row in his career. So um, I'm very, very interested in this game. I am too. Um, the uh, the Eagles came into this as six and a half point favorites that moved down to five and a half. And I think it actually went to four and a half at some places. I would have to double check that. So uh, Vegas seems to be kind of leaning toward the Bengals being uh, a strong contender here. Um, look, the Eagles have dealt with a lot of injuries. Um, week one was a big uh, example of that where, you know, the, the offensive line was depleted. But, you know, remember when we had Lake Lewis on, they still have two pro bowlers on the line that are healthy Mm -hmm. and they allowed eight sacks to a really good Washington defensive line. One of the better young defensive lines in the league. So, and then last week, man, they look horrible defensively against the Rams. They look Tyler Higby did whatever he wanted to. (laughs) Sean McVay was having a field day, just drawing up fun little unique plays where he's sending Higby on wheel routes from one side of the field to the other. And uh, the Eagles linebackers couldn't catch up. They lost uh, their focus on him. So, look, offensively, they could be without Jalen Rager. I think, actually, Jalen Rager was ruled out for this game. He's, so yeah, he's out. I think he's uh, – I could be wrong. I think he said that he's out around like four to six weeks. I think it's it's a long, long time. I don't think it's going to be a quick turnaround. But um, so, I, did see, I did see that Alshon Jeffrey was out there practicing. He might be able to play on Sunday. Even then, I mean, they're going to be relying on what Alshon Jeffrey, Zach Ertz, and J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. So, and look, I'm not trying to make Carson Wentz's excuses, but, you know, you look at the weapons, quote-unquote weapons that he's had at his disposal. It's hard to play like that, yeah. Yeah, it is. So, now granted, even with that, you know, they have a great tight end in Zach Ertz. They have two pro ball offensive linemen. They got a solid running back in Miles Sanders. A defense that upgraded with Darius Slay, but their their linebackers are still a very big problem. We saw that on you know, this past Sunday against Los Angeles. If Joe Burrow is able to get enough time throwing, with the weapons that they have, first of all, they have one may arguably the best wide receiver trio in football with AJ Green, uh, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and then uh, Drew Samples look good at tight end. Our guy Drew Sample, who's going to be the tight end, the starting tight end for at least the foreseeable future without C.J. Uzama. So, Cincinnati's defense isn't very good. Their offensive line is atrocious. So, if Philadelphia is able to get pressure on Joe Burrow, then that'll definitely uh, help them a lot. But, look, if, if the Eagles don't win this game almost decisively, I think there's still going to be questions. If they have to win this on, like, a last-second field goal by Jake Elliott, there's still going to be people saying, we had to beat right. the Bengals on a last-second field goal. So, like, I think that they win, but – I wouldn't be surprised at all if it's close because, like you said, Joe Burrows look great. Yeah, yeah, I and you know I really don't think that the Bengals are a bad team. I don't think that Joe Burrow is a bad quarterback because he's played. I don't want to say fantastic, but he's played very, very well for being a young rookie on a brand new team, brand new offense. 
and having all that pressure as being the number one overall pick. So, um, I don't know. Eagles, Eagles better watch out. They better play a smart, smart game because he's a very talented quarterback, and he can pick them apart pretty easily if he wants to. Yep, that he can. We can stick with the NFC East here because the New York Giants will be hosting the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers played at MetLife last weekend, and they return here um, after their week two win against the Jets where half their roster got injured, which <laughs> you never like to see. I'm picking the Giants to win this, Kurt. I'll say that right off the bat. Um, you look at the list of guys that aren't playing uh, for the 49ers. They're not going to have Jimmy Garoppolo. They're not going to have Raheem Mostert. They're not going to have Tevin Coleman. Richard Sherman won't be there. Nick Bosa and Solomon Thomas are done for the year. D. Ford's not playing. They're missing nearly all of their high-caliber players on both sides of the ball. And look, as bad as the Giants have looked, you know, they've had some moments where Danny Dimes had a deep touchdown pass in week one against the Steelers. The passing game hasn't looked terrible. Mm. He almost led a comeback last week after they were down 17. Even without Saquon Barkley, signing Devontae Freeman was big. I think pairing him with Deion Lewis is going to be a solid running back duo. Um, I think that their offense is a little bit too much too criticized I would say yep. defensively they're not very good I'm not going to pretend that they are but offensively I think they're okay yeah um but and defensively they're not special at all but right now Nick Mullins and who the hell is starting at running back this week is it going to be uh it'll be Jarek um, McKinnon Jarek Jarek McKinnon I, I picked him up in my fantasy league because he's going to be the only guy out there pretty much because yeah Debo Samuel's still on IR too so who they're going to throw it to I don't know because George Kittle's I think George he's Kittle. He, no, he was ruled out today. So George, oh, George Kittle wasn't playing either. They ruled him ruled out about out. an hour ago. Yeah. My God. Okay. So, he, I mean, if Saquon Barkley was still playing, I think I would absolutely go the Giants in this game. For some reason, I there's something nagging in me to say don't do that because I haven't seen anything too crazy from the Giants yet. But well, here's the thing too, though. Saquon Barkley in the first two games, he didn't have anywhere to run either, though. Right. So like. Even if he was there, I don't think that that made – the Giants weren't going to go anywhere with or without Saquon Barkley this year. They weren't going to be more than a five-win team with him there. Okay, so, but, but uh, 49ers are missing out on three of their starters on the defensive line. So that's another big gain if Saquon Barkley is playing. And if Devontae Freeman can get some touches there, I mean, who knows? The, the Giants offensive line can kind of prove it this week that they're not that horrible because they're going to be going up <laughs> against the second stringers. Yeah, has that really proven much though on your <laughs> when you're playing against? <laughs> well, they, just redemption from the first two weeks that they've had that have just been putrid. Yeah, so <laughs> I guess Javon Kinlaw is going to be a guy for the 49ers that they really rely on now that both Bosa and Buckner, or I'm sorry, Buckner got traded. Um, Solomon Thomas are gone. They traded mm-hmm. Buckner to the Colts and used that pick to draft Kinlaw. So, um, <laughs> well, it, I just don't see how. San Francisco is going to be able – if they do win this game, then the Giants need to fire everybody again because, my God, if Nick Mullins comes in there throwing two – who are they going to be starting at receiver? I'm going to pull up their depth chart real quick. Didn't didn't Nick Mullins throw for – he had, like, a good game last he year. He had a game at one point. I can't – I think – I think uh, – I think um, it was a couple years ago whenever Jimmy G was out for the year and he came in, I think it was against Green Bay, maybe, that he played really well. I, I just remember, I'm looking it up as we speak here. I'm trying to, I'm trying to do two things at once. But, um, oh, man, I forgot how bad the 49ers were in 2018. That One, was two, a three, horrid Four year. wins. That's it. Yeah, that, they that's went all they had. Um, Let's see. So, Nick Mullins would have come in Seattle. Oh, wait, wait. Here it is. Okay. Um, Mullins played. He, he started playing. And week nine of that, because C.J. Bethard played, and then Nick Mullins yep. came in. Mullins won his first game that he played 34-3 to against uh, the then uh, Oakland Raiders. Mullins had 16 for 22, 262 yards, and three touchdowns. Wow. Sounds about right for okay. being the Raiders in that year. 34-3. <laughs> to Raiders dropped a one and seven back in 2018 there. So, I mean, yeah, Nick Mullins, he's got some talent, but he's an NFL quarterback. Yes. But who's he going to be throwing to? Because Brandon Ayuk is back. Well, here, I'll tell you who he's going to be throwing to. So it seems that Kendrick Bourne and Brandon Ayuk are going to be the starting two receivers. Trent Taylor, Dante Pettis, Mohamed Sanu, who recently signed with the Uh 49ers. 
Um, so, I mean, that's a C-plus group maybe. <laughs> so, And then Jordan Reed's going to be starting at tight end. He had a couple touchdowns in their last game. So, um, hmm. And obviously the offensive much. line. Not so, a whole lot. But that, yeah. could, that could get ugly. That that could get very ugly, honestly. If if the Giants, you know, if, if Judge can really prove himself here, this is the time to do it because, yes, it's a completely depleted 49ers team, but it's still, you know, Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers. It's, that would be a, a nice little badge to put on your, your, your chest there if you're Joe Judge. Yeah, yeah, it would be. Um, and it's not like – like, like Arik, Arik Armstead's still healthy. Like I said, Kim, Ken Law's going to be playing. Um, but the other two that are starting, it's going to be DJ, DJ Jones and Kerry Hyder, who are starting for Solomon Thomas and Nick Bosa. So, um, Most, who are they? I, more than half of the NFL fans have probably never heard of those guys. So, Jaquiski um, Tart is starting for them at safety. Okay. I, they, do, they do still have Fred Warner. I love Fred Warner. Yeah, Fred, Fred Warner, Warner is a very yeah. good linebacker, and he's going to be – I mean, God forbid he goes down. Then then they're in some serious trouble. But um, if he's there, I, you know, I, I got some faith in that defense still. Yeah. Yeah, so Jaquiski Tart, first of all, great name, one of the better <laughs> names in the league. He's played solid so far um, yeah. in carrying that secondary with injuries there as well. He's got an interception already in this season, so hopefully – for San Francisco's sake, he can keep playing solid at the at the very least. But now I just think that it's going to be too much to overcome for the 49ers. This could this could very well be almost a throwaway year for them, where if they have to deal with all these injuries throughout the year, it could be, and especially in that tough NFC West, they could be staring at you know anywhere from like a six and ten to eight and eight season if it keeps rolling like this. They're they're just going to do what they did in 2018. They're gonna they're gonna have a horrible year. They're gonna have a top five pick, and then they're gonna go back to the Super Bowl maybe. Okay, let me throw this out there to you. Okay. Because what year in his contract is Jimmy Garoppolo? Wait, did he sign like a five? Five-year, year 147. I think he signed it in 2017 okay. when he got traded there. I'm looking it up right now. Because. Um, we're th- we're yeah, thinking keep... on the fly here, so so hold, stick yeah. with us here. Yeah, don't my worry. Internet, We're just gonna... My internet is being very slow. I, I have... Here, I can also... Oh, wait. I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay. Okay, go ahead. So, Jimmy Garoppolo will be a, um unrestricted free agent in 2023. So, he, ah. has, he has three seasons left with uh, San Francisco, including this year. So, he's got 2020, 2021, and 2022. Okay, because that kind of throws away my, uh, my theory here. <laughs> what were because... you going to say? So, I was going to say, like, depending on how much time and money – they had left with Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't know how much of a cap hit or dead cap it would be if they were to like move on from him or something. Let's just say that they have, you know, a, a top five pick and try to get either Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence because they think that Jimmy Garoppolo is just a, a game manager and, you know, they need somebody to take them over that hump with if they were to face Kansas City in the Super Bowl again. Mm-hmm. So can you imagine a Trevor Lawrence versus Patrick Mahomes Super Bowl? Whew. Wow. Huh. One now can that dream. would be that One would be dream. fun. Let's hope yeah. that we get that at some point in our lifetimes. Let's hope that we get a uh Russell Wilson Josh Allen Super Bowl first though. Yeah, let's talk about those Buffalo Bills because on the last show I put Buffalo number two on my power rankings and they face a Rams team who's beaten Dallas and Philadelphia. They're just eating the, the NFC East so far. Mm-hmm. Um and they head to Buffalo at Orchard Park. Yes, to play the Buffalo Bills, who won. Look, you know that I've given Josh Allen nothing but love. You have. Praise. I will give you that. And that Thank defense you. is very, very good. I think they're going to move to 3-0. and I think that they get the win. I, um, I am – so here, here's the thing. Here's the, the, the lowdown on the team. Um, Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano, two of the best players on the whole team, the starting linebackers for the Bills' defense – um, it seems like Milano's good. He was a full participant at practice today. He seems like he will be good to go. Uh, still a little questionable on Tremaine Edmonds there. He's got that shoulder injury that he's trying to deal with. So if those, if, you know, it'd be huge if, if Bills get one of them back, if, mm-hmm. you know, one, one's back and Tremaine Edmonds is still out, Tyler Higby might feast. And I, I hate to say that, but, you know, Mike Gusecki, just had a day last week because he did he was, he was running across the middle and there was nobody there to, to stop him so 
Um, you know, I, I like the depth that the Bills have at, at, uh, at linebacker. I liked what I saw from, you know, the second stringers last week. But I think it's going to be a shootout. I really do. I think it's going to be as good as the both defenses are. I think, you know, Jared Goff and Josh Allen are going to kind of show off a little bit this Sunday. I think it's going to be fun to watch. I agree with that. I think it's going to be one of the more exciting games of the weekend. Definitely the most exciting one in the one o'clock window. Um, look, uh, I think that both teams were going to have a matchup with Stephon Diggs going up against uh, Jalen Ramsey. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side, we're probably going to have, I assume it would be Robert Woods who gets the Trey White matchup because they're going to put Cooper Cup in the slot a lot. Yeah. So um, I assume they're going to put Trey White on Robert Woods. And then, um, would, yeah, that, that that probably would be the best way to do it. Um, you know, a lot of times you see Trey White's just stick on one side of the field. A lot of times you see right. him stick on the left side of the field. Um, but I don't know. I mean, there's there's a lot you can do with that because the Bills do have a lot of depth in that secondary. Um, I think it'll really help when Josh Norman comes back. But yes, Rams, very much so. Rams are not going to be an easy team to to you know simmer down after a two and zero start. That's true, and we know how good of a play designer and play caller Sean McVay is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's what got them to the Super Bowl that year. It's what's kept them competitive over the past – really since Sean McVay took over. Um, it's going to be a fun game to watch. I'm not going to be surprised if the Rams win, um, but I think that overall the Bills have a, a solidly better defense than the Rams do, you know, outside of uh, Donald and Jalen Ramsey. Um, mm-hmm. I do love Michael Brockers. Got to give Michael Brockers his props, but – other than that, mate, it's it's more it's a very top heavy defense. I think Buffalo is very solid all over the field. I think their front seven is incredible. Their secondary is really good. Uh, you know, while Trey White gets all the attention, Michael Hyde's a very good safety. So, you know, I love I do love Buffalo's D. I think they have probably the second best defense in football behind my Steelers. So uh, well, I I can't expect you to, you know, pick pick the Bills <laughs> all the time here. So I'll I'll take that. Yeah. Um so we will We'll leave the first half of the show on a good note with my Buffalo Bills talk there. But uh, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to have Peyton Barber joining the show. Uh, Washington football team running back is joining the show. And then we will make our week three picks and uh, wrap up the show. So uh, stick with us, and we will be right back. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Jared Bailey from Laces Out. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free. You don't got to pay anything to use Anchor. And there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome back to Laces Out, joined now by Washington football team running back Peyton Barber. Peyton, we appreciate your time, mate. How are you? I'm doing good, doing good. How about yourself? Oh, we're, we're chilling here, us college kids trying to just make it in life, I guess. We're doing great, though. We're doing great. We had, a, we had an entertaining first half of the show here, but an even more entertaining second half of the show here now, now that you joined us here. So um, we, we appreciate you coming on because, you know, we, we try to get you on after that week one performance. and. We right away. I, I was I was looking through you know all the scores and everything, and I said that's the guy that I want on the show because you went off. You uh you 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 beat the Eagles. Washington takes them down twenty seven seventeen. Uh you know you lead the team. You had two touchdowns that game. Uh, you finished with twenty nine yards, seventeen carries. I mean that had to be you know a little nice little kickstart to the season here. Uh you know finishing two touchdowns there, leading the way. Yeah, for sure, for sure, man. Uh, I wish the yardage was there, but, uh, <laughs> you know, two touchdowns, man, I'll take it. All that so. matters is, uh, is the seven points there, or six points yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you guys start off, you're down 17 early already. You go into halftime. Coach Ron Rivera is getting an IV, and then it's reported that Dwayne Haskins gave a pretty emotional speech. What did Dwayne say in the locker room that really just kind of rejuvenated everybody? Uh, pretty much, man. He talked about last season. I, I wasn't there uh, for the game last season. Obviously, I was with the with the Bucks. But uh, he was pretty much just saying how they were beating them last year, um, and they were up by I want to say 17 points or something like that. If I'm not mistaken. But uh, the Eagles ended up coming back and uh, beating them. So he said, "Why not us?" So that that was that was pretty much the gist of it. it he that seems, is true, mate. Like you know, since he's come into this this league, since he's 
um, taking over as the quarterback of, of Washington here. He seems like he's kind of got that leadership mentality, that, that, that franchise quarterback mentality that you look for whenever you're looking for your franchise quarterback. And, you know, mm-hmm. you, you mentioned this is your first, te- first year with the team, but what have you seen from, from Dwayne Haskins just from your first moment being with the team and now having two games under your belt and going into week three here? Oh man, he's a he's a he's a great leader. Great leader. Um I mean he's got a cannon for our arm. Um <laughs> and uh he can run also. That was that was one the one thing that I was really surprised about with him. Um or his uh his playmaking abilities on his with, with his feet. So you guys start off the year coming into the season. An unexpected cut, Adrian Peterson is released, so that leaves that leaves you, that leaves Antonio Gibson, kind of a thin running back room that not a lot of people were paying attention to. Obviously, you guys played well in week one. So what was it like, you know, in the locker room once he was gone? And then what did that kind of put the responsibility on you two guys to really carry the load? How's that been ever since Adrian's been gone? Um, and it's been different. It's been a little different. Um, you know, um, AP, you know, AP was the guy, you know, and um, AP showed us a lot. Um, just with me being there uh, with him in, in that short time, you know, I learned a lot from him. Um, but at the same time, you know, the show goes on. and. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's up to us now to, you know, kind of carry the torch. So The show does go on. And, uh, you know, Washington's kind of moving into a new era here with the uh, Chase Young coming in here and, you know, the, the new young, young stud quarterback and the new head coach here. And what's kind of, you know, the mentality around the team? Obviously, you guys are – you want to win every single week, and that's the goal. But – what what have you been been seeing when feeling around the locker room with new head coach Ron Rivera here? This guy's been so established in this league. He comes in. I'm sure he demands a lot from you guys. Demands a lot from everybody in that locker room. And you know what have you what have you seen? What have you felt from Ron Rivera being your head coach now? And coach Rivera is a great 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 guy. Um, you know, playing against him the past uh, four years, like I said, down in Tampa. Um, you know, he pulled me aside, and you know. He pretty much told me, you know, this is one of the reasons why you made the team. You know, I've, I've, I've coached against you for the past four years, and, you know, I'm, I, I know what you can do and I know what you're capable of. So, you know, man, I'm, I'm just uh, happy to have you a part of the team. So, you know, that, that right there really meant a lot to me. So, yeah. Go again to this week, obviously, off the loss to Arizona, uh, playing a Cleveland team that's been up and down as well. Um, obviously I don't want you to give us any sort of, you know, your plan of attack against the Browns. Uh, but, uh, how do you think, uh, in terms of, you know, your offensive attack, uh, do you think that maybe you should guys, you guys should get the run game more involved? Do you think that, you know, the way that Dwayne's been playing is going to be able to keep getting it done as the season goes on? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest goal for us this week is starting fast, um, and not coming out kind of sluggish, uh, how, how we have been coming up the past two weeks. Um, you know, if we start fast and we keep that momentum going throughout the game, uh, I, I feel as if we will be a pretty hard team to beat, man. It, it will be a very interesting game uh, this Sunday. Uh, like we said, the Washington football team versus the Cleveland Browns here. Uh, but I do want to talk, talk to you about, you know, just being, being a player in this league because yeah. it seems like this year has just been the year of the injury because we hate to see every single week, you know, a new name pop up with another injury. And is, do you think it's, it's the big reason is because you guys didn't have, you know, the preseason games, the OTAs, the regular offseason that you're used to having, and you're just kind of getting tossed into, you know, full game, go ahead, hit this guy as hard as you can. This, is, this, this game matters. Um, I mean, how do you kind of deal with that? And what do you got to do to, you know, stay healthy as much as you can, even without uh, what's not in your own power? Uh, man, well, to, to, to be honest, man, I really enjoyed, you know, not having. <laughs> <laughs> I feel I like that's been the popular consensus around the league that a <laughs> lot of guys have. I can understand oh, that from a veteran yeah, uh, like yourself yeah. there. Uh, yeah, I, I I really enjoyed it. But at the same time, you know, I I had a really good regiment, a really good, uh, you know, um, what should I say? Yeah, regiment that, that, that I was on, that I was doing. Um, you know, I really took up uh, a couple of new hobbies um, over this offseason. You know, I started uh, doing some uh, some cycling, some uh, road biking. Um, so, you know, I was out there with, uh, you know, the skinny, skinny, uh, Skinny uh, spandex. Bike shorts. Oh, there you go. There you go. Oh, man. I, was, 
I was getting it, but uh, yeah, I was doing that and working out uh, sometimes four times a day. Um, so you know, we got to camp. I was I was I was ready. Um, so I can't really speak for everybody else, but you know. <laughs> I feel like for free agents, especially this year, it was different because for you, obviously going from Tampa to Washington. What was the process like, you know, with the contract, with the physical and everything? Because once free agency started, we were still in a period of, okay, you can't go get a physical. You can't visit other teams' facilities right now. So what was that process like for you even to become a member of Washington? Well, what was crazy was I signed my contract and got my physical, like, two days before they, like, made the rule that you couldn't do that. Huh. Um, so, so you don't have to face any of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I kind of okay. looked out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's I, – I can't imagine. I mean, it's – it's this whole season has just been completely different. And for you, I mean, you, you said you had a nice little relaxing there. You didn't have to play preseason and whatever. But, uh, yeah. I mean, what's, what's it like here? What's Washington doing? Are they, you know, taking the right steps? Is the league, in your eyes, taking the right steps with all the, the precautions and all the regulations that they're doing this year is – are they doing everything right? Because we haven't seen too many cases. I, I believe last week there was zero cases in the in the NFL. So, uh, in your eyes, I mean, what what what's what do you what do you think is are they doing everything right? I feel like they are, man. Um, we're we're constantly monitored. Monitored. Uh, you know, we have to wear these little special trackers. Um, anytime we go into the building, um, you know, and whenever we're, we're at the hotels, we're not allowed to to leave the hotels. <laughs> so, um. You know, I, I feel as if the NFL is doing uh, pretty much everything they can. Um, question, question not related to that. Being Penn State fans, we know how fast that safety back there, Troy Apke, is. Who's faster, you or him? <laughs> Ooh, boy, Troy, Troy's probably got me, man. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, that, that, that kid can fly. <laughs> so, <laughs> I do, yeah. I do want, to, uh, I want to stick with the, the, your running back room there because, you know, we, we mentioned no Adrian Peterson. Uh, so now it's it's the Gibson Barber and uh, McKissick show there, and you know that's 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 a very talented uh, you know trio of running backs. So how do you think it's going to shape out? I mean, you you kind of held the the load week one there. You had the two touchdowns. I think I said seventeen carries, and you know the the numbers kind of changed there week two. But is it just going to be you know whoever is feeling it that day the most, or is is Ron Rivera kind of going to run with uh, one guy for the for the year? You think? And to be honest, I really, I really couldn't tell you. Um, I think it's, I think it's running back by committee. Um, you know, up, up until they kind of pick a guy. Um, but you know, until then, you know, I just, just got to keep my head down, keep pushing, um, make the most of my opportunities when I get in. So, well, Peyton, as a Steeler fan, I would greatly appreciate if you do get a few more tidies this weekend against Cleveland. That would be greatly appreciated <laughs> fr from me, mate. Hey, we we appreciate your time. Good luck this weekend against Cleveland. Uh, good luck to you the rest of the season. We would love to have you back on uh, when Washington's sitting around five and one, six and one. For sure, for sure, for sure, man. You guys just let me know. I'll I'll, I'll be there. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Sounds good, mate. Good yeah, luck this right. weekend. Appreciate it, man. All right, and that is Washington running back Peyton Barber, as they head to Cleveland this weekend to take on the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Kurt, that'll be one of the more fun games of the weekend. Uh, you look at, you know, Baker Mayfield obviously last weekend against last Thursday against the Bengals, um, doing really good things. So um, we'll see how uh, that pass rush of, of Washington, Chase Young and Iadonis and uh, Jonathan. Uh, you look at their front seven, they've got just a herd of, uh, of former first-round talents. Uh, Montez Sweat's there, Jonathan Allen. I mean, they've got a great, great front seven. I think that with the talent there, you know, Baker's not very good against pressure. Washington gets enough pressure against him. They have a legitimate shot of coming out two and one. They do because Baker hasn't really been consistent since he's come into this league. We saw him kind of take the league by storm when he got his first couple starts there. But after that, you know, it's been up and down, up and down. He has really good games. He finds Odell Beckham for a deep touchdown. And then, you know, Cleveland rejoices. We got our guy. And then next, next drive, he throws an interception. And mm -hmm. that's his 19th interception of the year. And then, you know, they're calling for his head. So, if he can get consistent, he could be the guy, but that's just the thing. And, you know, the task doesn't really get too much easier this weekend against Washington, like you said, with that very tough defense. And Washington leads the NFL currently in sacks with 11. Obviously, they had the boatload of them 
uh, in week one. They sat Carson Wentz eight times uh, in that game, and then they have three more last week against Kyler Murray. So um, it, it's a very – I don't want to say underrated because we've talked about Chase Young and them a lot. I think they're just very low-key just because of the fact that they are a young defense and they're on a team who hasn't been very good the past few seasons. But I think that they are a, a team that – that can really make a lot of noise in terms of their defense, at least because we've seen how good they are um, so far. So we'll yeah, see what happens this coming know, weekend. That, that, that division is up for grabs. It, it really is. I mean, it's not, it is. it's not going to We're coming into this year. We really thought it was going to be the Eagles running away with it, but it does not seem like that. So, uh, you know, I'm kind of rooting for Washington. I'd like to see them make some noise here. I'd like to see, um, Dwayne Haskins, you know, have a, have a really good season, have Ron Rivera have a great bounce back uh, year after, you know, struggling a couple of times, a couple of years there in Carolina. And, um, you know, now, now we got Peyton Barber to root for here. That we do. Add him to the list of guys who, whenever I see playing sign, they'll be like, hey, I interviewed him. <laughs> so, <laughs> so always good to have guys on, talk about, you know, going into the week and whatnot. It's always fun to do so. Later on in the show, we'll have a uh, Chiefs writer from the Athletics, Seth Kayser, on to discuss the Monday night matchup as well. So a lot more to come from us uh, on Laces Out. But first, Kurt, we've got picks to make. We do. So t- we tell everybody do. how you did last week because I believe, if I'm not wrong, I went 2-1 and one with mine. I picked the Giants, who lost, and then I picked Tampa Bay and Seattle, who won. Who did you go with last week? Okay, so after two weeks, we're still tied. We're both at 4-2 and two on the year because I went – Green Bay, who got the win. San Francisco, who got the win, even though they paid the full price for that <laughs> win. And then, of course, I, I, I picked my Vikings, my team that I thought was going to be very good, and they let me down. So uh, I went 2-1. and one, So we're both sitting at 4-2 and two after, after two weeks here. That we are. So let's just get right into it, my friend. My first pick of the week, I am going to go with the Atlanta Falcons to beat the Chicago Bears at home. Um, Atlanta's desperate for a win. Uh, after these first two weeks where Russell Wilson torched them for over 400 yards, they blow a 20 to nothing lead against Dallas in which Dak Prescott torches them for over 400 yards passing. This is a game where Mitch Trubisky in that offense, not necessarily the best passing offense, so that should calm down a little bit in terms of how much passing yards they allow. Um, they need a win. They're at home. They're playing a team that's not very good. Their offense is better than the Bears. I'm going to go with the Falcons to get their first win of the year. I, you know, I'm, I, I said it earlier in the show. That's, that's one of my teams that I'm picking. So we're agreeing there. We're, uh, you know, just, just FYI for the listeners, uh, attention here. We don't, we don't know each other's picks before this. So we, we really, that could, is correct. we really could pick the same three teams and that would not be fun, but, uh, I'm picking Atlanta. Um, but I will go my second pick for week three, Justin Herbert seems like he's getting the start. He almost beat the Kansas City Chiefs, the Super Bowl uh, defending team. So I'm picking care, or I'm picking the Chargers <laughs> over Carolina. Um, I think Justin Herbert, you know, he played surprisingly well for just getting tossed into a game last second um, against you know a, a weaker Carolina team. Chargers defense should carry them in that game. I would I would like to think so. Um, so I think Justin Herbert gets his his first NFL win, and Chargers uh, Chargers move on there. That's a solid pick. Solid pick indeed, my friend. So you know how you picked your Vikings last week and I made fun of you for it? Well, I'm picking them this week. Uh-huh. I'm going to pick the Vikings to upset the Titans. Look, the Titans are 2-0, but we said it. They are a very weak 2-0. They should very well, they could very well be 1-1, 0-2 themselves, mm-hmm. if not for uh, some bad play from the Jaguars and some horrible clock management from Vic Fangio, along with a touchdown pass that could have been, if not for just a little bit too much air, from Drew Locke to Deshaun Hamilton uh, in the final minutes uh, of week one on Monday night. So uh, the Titans could very well be 0-2. Minnesota is absolutely desperate for a win right now, man. So, you know, I think this is going to be similar to last year whenever they lost in Chicago 16-6. Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen both voicing their frustrations in that game. Kirk Cousins won 11 of 28 for three picks last week against the Colts. Um, He's facing a, a Titans team that, like I said, 2-0, and but it's this is going to be a, a bigger week to kind of show just how good they are if they start 3-0. Um, I don't think they will. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume, I'm going to predict that Kirk Cousins bounces back. Adam Thielen has a solid day. Justin Jefferson gets involved. Um, you know, Dalvin Cook does Dalvin Cook things. Hopefully that defense can do something because we, they've we been – haven't, We haven't heard 
nearly a peep from Yannick Ngakwe, the guy that they no. traded for. The big, the big fish in the sea that a lot of teams wanted to trade for. We have not really heard a lot from. And, uh, you know, Daniil Hunter had, had, was dealing with some injuries. He missed week one. So, you know, it, it might take them a couple of weeks to get it going. But they're, they're my, my uh, preseason favors there. So, I'm glad you went with them. Uh, my third pick of week three is this game going to be close. This game is going to be a very tight, very interesting game to watch, especially after what we watched last Monday night. Um, I'm picking uh, New England over Las Vegas. I think, you know, Henry Ruggs is out. They they announced that he's missing the game for the Raiders. And I kind of liked what I saw from Cam. I didn't love it. I I didn't love what I saw from the New England defense. But I'm going to pick Bill Belichick over Gruden 10 times out of 10. So I I think, you know, I think New England takes a a big bounce back step. And then I think the Raiders kind of just, after a big win against the Saints, I don't think they can get it done against the Patriots. That's a fair pick to make, mate. You know, it, the Raiders are such a weird team just because of – we look at their defense and we say, who, who do they have on defense? You know, it, there's, it's a lot of B-minus, C-plus guys that got the job done last week, albeit against the Saints team that was a little bit depleted. Um, but nonetheless, they're 2-0. and We'll see. I think this week will be very telling on how good Vegas really is. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we should, it'll be telling on how good both teams are really, because, yeah. you know, this is, it's going to be an interesting year for new England and Vegas altogether. So I like that pick my final pick. We talked about it on, on Tuesday and you challenged me to stick with it. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick the lions to upset the Cardinals. Ooh. So, okay. Kenny Galladay back this week, um, outside of Patrick Peterson, you know, the Cardinals don't have a very good pass defense. They haven't had a face two teams that are very good at passing the ball in the first two weeks, not to take anything away from what Arizona's done, you know, offensively, they've mm-hmm. looked great. Um, but with Kenny Galladay back to match up with Marvin Jones, TJ Hawkinson as well, there's going to be Matthew Stafford's finally going to have his full arse, his full, uh, what's the arsenal arsenal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he'll have his full arsenal of weapons. Kenny Galladay there. Don't forget Deandre Swift and carry on Johnson in the backfield. Um, so yeah, I think that Detroit, you know, how high I was on them coming into the season, they should be one and one. And yes, I am still mad about that. <laughs> um, I, th- I think all of Detroit is still mad at that too. So you're not, we alone. know that we know that our buddy Benjamin Raven was, so, <laughs> uh, if he's listening to this, yes, I'm picking the Detroit lions to get their first win of the year in Arizona. Uh, I'm not, I'm and- not even sure he's picking the lions this week. So <laughs> you, you, you might be alone on that, but uh, that's fine. That's okay. Fine. So, so quick run through. I have. New England Patriots over the Vegas Raiders. I have Atlanta over Chicago and Chargers over Carolina. I'm sitting at four and two. You're sitting at four and two. So uh, we're, we're still neck and neck. Yeah. And to recap mine, I've got the Falcons. I've got the Vikings and the Lions this week. So we'll see if one of us can separate from each other uh, as the uh, season goes on. Don't go away, everybody. Uh, we've got Seth Kayser, uh, writer for the Kansas City Chiefs from the Athletic, to preview the Monday night football game. Game of the week between the Chiefs and the Ravens. That's coming up next on Laces Out. Don't go away. We will be right back. We got more for you. We'll be back. Welcome back to Laces Out, and we are joined now by Chiefs writer from The Athletic, Seth Kaiser. Seth, thank you for joining us. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing really well. I appreciate you guys having me. Yes, Absolutely. Sir. We've, we've had a, a star-studded show today. We had uh, Washington football team running back Peyton Barber on the show. Now we got Seth joining us. We are just pumping out the content today. We love it. I, I, I feel like there's a bit of a lowering of the bar that occurred there somewhere <laughs> no, between no, no. now and then. But I Not at all. <laughs> Glad to have you on so, because we have a absolutely electric game coming up uh, for week three here, Monday Night Football. Baltimore Ravens versus the Kansas City Chiefs and I mean Jerry you and I have been talking about it we are very excited for this game because you know two just heavyweight matchups two of the best young quarterbacks in the league going at it two good defenses I mean it's just gonna be one of those games that you look forward to whether it's your team or not and Jared I know you're looking forward to it as well. Yeah, I mean, being a fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers this is you know a game that I'm gonna be paying close attention to this weekend so look you know and Seth, I want you to chime in on this, especially because the Chiefs come into the game. It opened up that they were three-point underdogs, being that it's uh, in Baltimore at M&T Bank Stadium. 
Regardless, mm-hmm. though, Lamar Jackson is 0-2, and he faces off against Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. And even with last year's score to the game, I, Kansas City was very much in control of that game, you know, really much throughout. So, mm-hmm. uh, for me, it's, it's a lot of I'm not going to believe that the Ravens can beat Kansas City and that they can really hang with their style of play until I see it. What mm-hmm. say you about the Chiefs coming into Baltimore this weekend? It's going to be interesting. You know, last year the, the Ravens didn't have Marcus Peters, um, and, and he makes a huge difference in that secondary doing the things that he does. Uh, he also has a specific set of weaknesses. Yeah, I, I charted his snaps for years as a corner with the Chiefs, and he, he, can be, he can be fooled, but he also can fool quarterbacks. There's a lot of giveth and taketh away that goes on with him, but when he's on, which he will be against the Chiefs, I would be stunned if he didn't pick off a pass. Um, but uh, he, he does really well. I, I do think it's, it's, it's very cogent of you to, to point out the fact that last year's game, it ended with a pretty close final score because of some kind of miracle slash lucky throws at the end where they were kind of just kind of tossed up in the air. Um, the Chiefs controlled largely throughout. And I think a lot's going to come down to, if, if I were a betting man, what the Ravens decide to do on defense against Mahomes and whether or not they change it up from what they did last year. They are largely, and I think this is one of the reasons they went out and got Kaylee's Campbell, they're largely a scheme-oriented pressure defense. You know, they, they send four guys, usually sometimes five, but you never know who they're sending. They stand up a bunch of guys. It comes from various angles. Now, in 2018, they gave Mahomes a ton of trouble in that barn burner in Kansas City. <laughs> gave him a lot of problems. 2019, not so much. And you see that mental development over the course of the years. I think unless Campbell can kind of give them that, that, that penetrating presence that you saw, like say with the chargers with the, uh, with their edge rushers and then with Tillery gave them some fits there this last week. I, I think if they try to rely on scheme driven pressure, I don't think that's going to end well against this version of Mahomes this far into his development. So I think that's going to be one of the major things there. Yeah. Now you, you did mention, you mentioned last week's game and before we, we really break down, you know, this Monday night game, I kind of want to touch on on last week and week two sure. because it didn't look like, you know, it was, I mean, 23-20, this game could have gone either way. And, you know, Patrick Mahomes threw for 302 yards. He completed 27 passes, two touchdowns. But, you know, they almost lost to, to the Chargers. And it's mm-hmm. it, it didn't look like the Chiefs of old. It didn't look like the Chiefs of last year. And, I, I don't know. I mean, should should Chiefs fans, should, you know, NFL fans be worried about, you know, Kansas City after that game, after the performance? Mahomes still played a great game. But it is against, you know, a weaker opponent like the Chargers when you're going up against Lamar Jackson, that great Baltimore defense coming into week three here. Sure. I, I think the interesting thing to note, if you go back and look at Mahomes' performance against the Chargers um, last year and 2018, no one's played him better than the Chargers consistently. Um, Bradley and, and, and Lynn have done a great job overall. And that's consistent. Um, uh, he, he's, he's, he's been averaging, it's like about 230 yards a game against the Chargers. And obviously basic stats can lie to us, but when you watch, they've been able to consistently give him problems. And if you watch the tape of that game, they were breaking on the Chiefs routes exceptionally well. They just had a great game plan. They, they didn't get fooled by a single screen, which normally Andy Reid uses to bust up the pass rush. They tried to run four or five of them. The Chargers played every one of them perfectly. They had a great game plan, and they consistently played the Chiefs well, whether Derwin James is healthy or not. That's been tough for other teams, even more talented teams, to mimic. Um, the Chargers match up very well, and in particular, so they, they have the ability to get pressure just rushing four from both edges and from the interior. They've got an excellent secondary that's extremely well coached and extremely well coached to the Chiefs' tendencies. And so I think that's pretty tough for other teams to imitate. You know, we're, we're a week removed from them walking all over the Texans with mm-hmm. absolutely no trouble without even really playing. It was like a C-plus game for them, and they still put up 30-plus points. And so I, I'm not too worried. The Chargers consistently play them really tough. And it's a tough game plan for other teams to imitate because it requires a lot of familiarity and just really doing a good job sitting on a lot of the routes the Chiefs like to run. Now, that doesn't mean the, the Ravens can't do it. They're such a well-coached team, and they should have some familiarity at this point too. But I think the biggest thing for them is it's going to be hard to imitate that game plan if they can't get pressure off the edges the way that the Chargers could. 
It's crazy that, you know, Patrick Mahomes throws for 300 yards and they get the win, and we look at that as an off day for the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> right. crazy to think. But, yeah, I mean, like Kurt said, they were held to nine points entering the fourth yep. quarter. So, yep. it, was, it was a very well-defended game by the Los Angeles Chargers who were able to put up a really good performance with rookie quarterback Justin Herbert. So, we'll see how they fare going forward. I do want to focus a little bit more on Baltimore now because, like I said before, this is a team that Lamar Jackson has yet to beat. Um, it, this is, you know, in terms of every one that he has played so far, Kansas City seems to be the thorn in his side that still remains. Um, so how do you expect uh, the Chiefs to play him? Uh, and how do you expect uh, Baltimore to try to attack what Kansas City throws at them defensively? You know, it's going to be interesting. Um, the, the Chiefs, by and large, did a pretty good job defending the Ravens passing game last year when they played um, and then late you had the, the Ravens made a, made a run on the back of some interesting plays in terms of kind of throwing the ball up and they didn't make plays in the ball and the Ravens receivers brought it down. Um, what they tried to do last year. So the, the chiefs have, uh, in Spagnuolo's system, he really values size and, and sized athleticism in his edges. That's why Frank Clark was such an important get for him. You got a guy who wins primarily with strength, but also can close a little bit quicker than you'd expect for a 260 pound guy to do. It's the same with Tino Passanio, Alex Okafork, if he's healthy. Those are the guys that he really wants. Mike Dana, he wants guys with surprising athleticism for their size so they can close. And what they tried to do was be really disciplined last year in maintaining those edges. It's the game plan everyone talks about with Lamar Jackson, right? Can't let him reach the edges. You got to try to contain him, and you got to try to just crush the entire pocket around him while maintaining discipline in your rushing lanes. The Chiefs were able to do it last year with a fair amount of success. I assume they're going to try something relatively similar. The problem for that they're going to have with Jackson is that every year he's taking another step forward as a pocket passer. And this year he's looked excellent. So I, I think by and large, my, the one thing I keep coming back to is with Mark Andrews, if I were the chiefs, I'd give some pretty legitimate thought, you know, they have Tyron Matthew as kind of their do everything guy. Um, and they like to use him to disguise formations, et cetera, line them up all over the field. I'd be curious if they don't use him on Andrews a lot just as kind of a way to not let him get going because it does seem like when the offense in Baltimore is running at its best, at least the passing game, it's when Andrews gets going. And I do want to point this out because Mark Andrews is by far the number one target in that offense. Baltimore was last in the league in targets to wide receivers last season by and large because they had uh, Mark Andrews and Hayden Hurst, who is now in Atlanta, really lead the way. And then obviously Nick Boyle, uh, somebody who, is going to be stepping up in that second role in uh, as a second tight end. So uh, well, it'll be interesting to see if they put Honey Badger on uh, Mark Andrews throughout the game because you take away him, you're really kind of cutting Lamar Jackson's number one target off. And Kurt, um, we'll see what they can do in the run game as well because, you know, J.K. Dobbins had a solid week right. one. Uh, mm -hmm. Mark Ingram obviously still there. They get Gus Edwards involved. This is a team that doesn't have a shortage of running backs by any means. Absolutely not. And I, I mean, it's – you know, you, you mentioned the lack of, you know, wide receivers on that team, but they make up for it in that run game. They make up for it in, you know, the running back room with J.K. Dobbins, with uh, Gus Edwards and Mark Ingram. They they are not only just running backs. These guys can catch the ball. They got, they, they got wheels on them, and they can burn guys. So, um, it's, I mean, game planning for both of these teams, really, but game planning for the Baltimore Ravens has got to be an absolute headache for uh, opponent, opposing defenses. But, um, Seth, I do want to ask you because, you know, this topic seems like it's just hitting everybody 10 times harder this year is the injury bug. We, we talk about it pretty much every week on this podcast. There's new injuries coming out every single day and we hate to see it, but it's, it's hitting the big guys, the big names on each team. And I mean, the chiefs got, got some bigger names on that, on that injury list here. And, you know, you look at Sammy Watkins here with the concussion and the neck injury, um, he was limited in practice. You got Okafort on that list. You got uh, Ward, Williams, Clark. I mean, there's a lot of key guys on that list that, you know, if they don't line up on uh, on Monday night, Chiefs could, you know, have a big hole in that spot. So what are you hearing from the, from the injury front for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs? Um, you know, the game being on Monday should help Sammy Watkins in terms of being in the concussion protocol and that kind of thing. It'll be interesting to see whether he suits up. I expect Charvarius Ward to play. Um, the, his hands in a cast. Now he's had his surgery. Uh, he had it right away. Um, and they expect him to try to play with a cast ward knows it's a pretty big season for him. Um, he's had a couple solid seasons in a row now in Kansas city. He's got a real chance to try to prove something. Um, 
Clark left the game with an illness. They're expecting him in. Um, no reason not to at this point. And so injury-wise, compared to a lot of the NFL, the Chiefs feel pretty good about where they're at. Um, because, man, you got huge, you know, guys going out all over, and their core is intact right now. You know, you know, knocking on wood, we'll see how it all goes. Um, it'll be interesting because last year when, when they played, um, you know, the Chris Jones and Frank Clark, who so much of what the Chiefs do revolve, on defense revolves around those guys getting pressure, right? Um, so much revolves around them being – a dominant one-two punch, especially against even mobile quarterbacks getting quick pressure, that sort of things. And they complement each other really well with their skill set. Uh, you know, last year, uh, neither of them was at 100% when they played. And so that's going to be something worth keeping an eye on. Now, Baltimore's offensive line is incredible, and their scheme does such a great job keeping defenders and holding them at bay. But the Chiefs are actually feeling better about health than they were this time last year, which is kind of an anomaly in this year's NFL. Yeah, absolutely. That it is. So, well, we'll see what happens on Monday night, gentlemen. Seth, we appreciate you joining us. We'll be more than happy to have you on throughout the year to talk some more Chiefs. Uh, we appreciate your time. Take care, and uh, go Chiefs on Monday night. <laughs> hey, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks, right, Seth. Seth. Have Thank a good you. one. Yep. All right, and that is Seth Kaiser, Kansas City Chiefs writer from The Athletic and partner that's going to be – this is probably the first time since maybe Chiefs-Rams that the uh, the Monday night game is really the marquee matchup of – of the of the week and that, that's how it should be I, I you know this is even though it's week three this is a you could say a playoff matchup I mean yeah these are the two best teams maybe even in the NFL not even the AFC going at it Lamar Jackson has I think you know obviously coming off the, the MVP season I think he has a lot to prove because we haven't seen him win a playoff game yet we haven't seen him you know We've seen him have great seasons. We see him get to the the playoffs and people calling for them to win a Super Bowl. But you got to beat the the big dogs to get there. You got to beat the big dogs to win that playoff game, get to that Super Bowl, and you know hold up that trophy. So this is an early test for them. And I mean, they could they could see each other again in the playoffs here. That they could. And uh, you know, another thing he hasn't done yet he's he hasn't beaten Patrick Mahomes in the Chiefs. So mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously, I'm picking Kansas City to win this game. Um, not only because I am a biased Pittsburgh Steelers fan, <laughs> but um, look, I don't expect Patrick Mahomes to struggle in back-to-back weeks. And again, it's crazy that we're saying he's struggling in three, right. 300 yards and two touchdowns. <laughs> so um, while I like the Ravens in terms of their talent, Earl Thomas isn't there anymore. So that leaves a pretty big, you know, some big shoes to fill at safety, um, even with, you know, Peters and Humphrey at corner. Um, this is a Kansas City Chiefs team whose offensive schemes are eventually going to burn you. And uh, I, we saw last week against Los Angeles, who played them perfectly up into the third quarter, and then Kermit the Cannon rolling to his right with a 55-yard dot on the run to Tyree Kill. So it's eventually, you know, it's going to happen. It's either going to be death by a thousand cuts, or it's going to be a quick and painless death. But eventually, the Chiefs are going to be able to open something up over the top. And in terms of the passing game for the Ravens. As great as Lamar Jackson is on the run, I haven't seen him make a remarkable comfort behind win with his arm or win a game with his arm yet. So it's until I see that happen, I'm always going to give that edge in these matchups to the Chiefs. I wouldn't be surprised if Baltimore wins. I, I really wouldn't. I, I mean, you could toss this game up with a flip of the coin to see who's going to win. But um, I have more faith in Patrick Mahomes. I think Patrick Mahomes is the better quarterback. Uh, I think Kansas City has – yeah, I would. Yeah, they they have the better weapons. You know, I I would take I would take Kelsey over Andrews. I would right now. I think I'd I'd right. take Hilaire over their running uh, Baltimore's running backs. I I loved what I yeah. saw from Clyde Edwards Hilaire, uh, Tyreek Hill. You know, if Sammy Watkins can get in there too, I I would take that over over um, Marquise Brown and who else is who else is there? They got uh, what's Marquise what, Brown, he, Willie Sneed. Um. Boykin, Boykin's there too, I think. Yeah. So, so I mean, yeah, I, I, I would it's give very, it's I'd a very top heavy edge. room. Yeah. Absolutely, so, so. And we'll see what happens come Monday night. But yeah, I mean, I think we're both leaning Kansas City. Um, obviously, not a part of our official picks. If you want to hear our official picks again uh, early on in the show, thank you to Peyton Barber for coming on. Good luck to Washington this weekend. We appreciate Seth Kaiser coming on as well. Partner, where can they find you on Twitter? 
You guys can find me at Kurt, K-U-R-T, Hamaser, H-A-U-M-E-S-S-E-R, 88. Uh, Big Bills game this Sunday. Bills, Rams, Bills are getting the win, but you can follow along with me. Have some fun with me throughout the season. Uh, You can find us uh, at Laces Out, P-T-S-T. Anytime we get a new, new announcement of, you know, guys coming on the show or whatever, you can find it there. So follow us along there, too. Where can they find you? You can find me at Jay Bailey NFL New Steelers article out today. Three keys to victory to beat the Houston Texans. Last time Pittsburgh started 3-0, guess what happened, Kurt? They went to the Super Bowl. So mm-hmm. let's see if they can pull it off this weekend. I am very skeptical because being a Steeler fan, I know that between the weeks of one and four, they lose a game that they shouldn't. And I think <laughs> that this is a classic case of that being the possibility. But nonetheless, I'm going to try to stay positive because if they start 3-0, and I'm going to be talking a lot of smack. And it's yeah, gonna be I, great. Know, I know you will. But our bill, my bills are going to be three and zero. Your Steelers are going to be three and zero, and our listeners are no longer going to want to listen to our show. So, hey, once week thirteen or fourteen, whenever that rolls around, if both of if both Pittsburgh and Buffalo are sitting at like eight and four, nine and three, it's going to be a fun week going back yes. and forth with, between I, I, the two of us. I'm very much looking forward to that, and I, I think we can plan something fun for that that week leading up to the game. That, that we can, and obviously we still have a little bit of time to worry about that. But, yes, that'll be a good idea to do. So, for Kurt Officer, I'm Jared Bailey. This is Laces Out. We always appreciate y'all listening. We'll catch you on Tuesday with the Week 3 Recap Show. Um, so, till then, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your Sunday and Monday of football. We will talk to you in a few days. See ya. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.